1: Could COVID 19 change the NFL schedule? (laughs) Probably. Helmets Off is on. Hey, welcome to another episode of Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell here. And uh, thank you for joining in on the program. Got a fun show today. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about football. Uh, talk a little bit about the uh, NFL and how it's running out of bye weeks they're out and how how are they going to manage the last half of the season what's what's going to transpire can they actually do this can they not and then of course um, who do I like in the NFL right now and who do I think is is actually going to be in the Super Bowl so um if you like us go to uh, and go to all those places and like us we're powered by kslsports.com we're at uh the helmets off podcast on facebook and at the helmets off show on twitter so go to those places like us ask us questions whatever you want to do always happy to answer anything you want to know um first off the university of utah is in this crazy football season. Their first two games were canceled. They've had nine turnovers in the subsequent two games. They've actually played against USC and Washington. Uh, The USC game was close, but the turnovers just killed any hopes. And the Washington game, Utah was up 21 to nothing and turned the ball over. And so basically they've given up two games and they're, they're a young team. They're inexperienced, but they're talented. They're really talented, Uh, but they, they have to go through some of these growing pains, and as I watch the games and broadcast them, one of the things that uh, Coach Whittingham mentioned was this is, this is a team, uh, it's a work in progress, and that's a great description of what this team is, and there's just some things you can be coached up, you can be told, you hear them, you go, I got it, I understand, but you really don't understand until you've gone out in a game and experienced it and go, oh, I now understand. And one of those things is when you're winning at halftime. So often teams can't handle success. They just can't handle it. So they, they, they get um, where they played not to lose as opposed to playing to win. And you get tight. You get conservative. Uh, you start thinking about things way too much. And, and you end up losing. I mean, almost inevitably it happens. Almost inevitably is I would call that a double negative. Inevitably it happens where you end up losing. So uh those lessons are just things that the Utah team has to learn. And that's the exciting thing about the season. The fact is it doesn't count. I, I mean, talk about like the biggest do-over ever. I would have killed in my time to have an experience like this where you get all this playing time and you can't you cannot replace going out in games and and getting on the field and competing against other teams, because it really is the barometer to tell you where you are and who you are. For Utah, who's a young team and really returns their entire team next year. I mean, literally the entire team will come back next season. When you return the whole entire team and it's talented, you could have a really, really good football program. The challenge right now is the quarterback who was supposedly going to be around, got hurt, and, and he's out. so cam rising that's that's the one drawback to this but what's been really good i think uh, it, football is funny this way when you go into a season and usually what you know or have confidence in or you would bet the ranch on uh like this this unit is just going to be solid that usually it never happens the way you think it's supposed to and you're always surprised and the biggest surprise is really how well the Utah defense has played and how poorly the offense has played. And it it just begs to show you how important having a really good quarterback is at any level. And Utah's really kind of struggled with that. They, they don't have someone who's played the position very consistently this year. And that that's unfortunate because there's a lot of talent on this, on this offense. So here's, what's good nine freshmen. Um, playing on on the defensive side of the ball and you actually saw from week one to week two a massive improvement so the tackling the aggressiveness the being in the right position was just amazing and and so you've got these you know you've got this young secondary who is already good now and and they're going to get better you've got a lot of depth at the linebacker position I, and I'm sorry, the defensive line position, and you've got these linebackers that I'm telling, they're they're making plays. So, so it's kind of a it's kind of fun to watch, and it's always a fascinating thing happen when talent shows up. What like you can tell when you have talent, and even though they're inexperienced, they still have the ability to make plays, and they can make mistakes, but they can recover from a lot of that. So that's that's a really cool thing um, to actually see, and then this uh Ty Jordan uh is a running back a freshman from Texas. They're really high on him and and they should be. Now he's had a couple of fumbles and and that uh, have been critical fumbles, but he's he's uh, a player that really probably will end up being like the feature guy if not this this season probably going into next fall. Uh the offensive line struggled in the first game but really came to life in the second game and this is this is a unit that basically is redshirt freshman and sophomore so this is a unit that could be really really good next year but but saw some massive signs of improvement and then utah did a nice job of getting the ball to brian thompson who i think is a great receiver and brant keithy who i think is an exceptional tight end so so you've got you've got some exciting things happening uh you just need to you know, keep building on it. And I think, I think Utah will. Uh, The great part about all of this, the best part is is none of this counts. So if you're Utah and probably any team in the PAC 12, I think Utah benefits the most from how the season is that they can actually get all these young players uh, playing and, and there's no ramification. It doesn't count. All right, we're going to take a break. NFL coming down to its last month of the season Running out of bye weeks and uh, what happens if uh, they can't play football games? I think I'll tell you.
0: A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to... or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey, welcome back to Helmets Soft. Scott Mitchell here. The NFL is resorted to playing football games on any day of the week. If there's a day in the week, we're going to play it. So... Uh, Here's what you have. You have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens playing on Wednesday, which is awesome, right? So you get Monday night football, and hopefully you'll get a Tuesday game and a Wednesday game, a Thursday game. Uh, The NFL is trying just drastically, like with all that it has, to get this season played on schedule, on time, as as it's been mapped out. Now, there's flexibility. Uh, there's there's talk of and i believe it 's been implemented now, but they 're going to add an extra playoff game there's They can move the weeks back they can you know where where you start a week later in the playoffs or you and then you you can eliminate the the week between the championship game and the Super Bowl possibility of moving the Super Bowl back a week so there's a lot of flexibility but i don't i think the n f l would really like to start on time and finish on time, and that 's why Part of what you've seen with some of these um, fines and some of these hardline positions of dealing with COVID uh, have come from the NFL. I mean, you know, $500,000 fines, coaches, loss of draft picks. And then, of course, with the, the Denver Broncos. And here's what's amazing about that is this was this was all caught on the surveillance cameras in the facility. So you've got you, you have the the uh the quarterbacks you know blatantly just saying, "Yeah, not us, it's not important to us and and uh, and so they the NFL said fine we're going we're not going to let you play and and the NFL has clearly sent a message you have got to be vigilant about your care and about spacing about mass about all this stuff and and we're and and we mean business with this. And I think it's quite frankly, a little bit I mean, I, I can't say I don't like it because the NFL is kind of about the NFL and, and uh, which is what they're being. I mean, they, they want their season to to happen, and that's fine, but they <laughs> um, they they have brought down the hammer on on a lot of these teams. And if you're, if you're a team, but I think this is, this is an example of, of where the challenge is with the NFL, if you're a team like the Denver Broncos and your season is basically over, right? You got no shot. So you don't care. I mean, ultimately, you just don't care. But if you're a team that's in the hunt and you got a lot of teams, and we're going to talk about a lot of them here in the next segment, you got a lot of teams that are still in it in the playoffs, a lot. More than half, maybe maybe two thirds of the teams in the NFL are still in the playoff picture because things change. Teams fall off the bandwagon. I've experienced it. I've witnessed it. I've seen it, and it happens. And so these teams are like, we're going to follow the protocols. We're going to be vigilant. We're not going to put ourselves in these unusual situations. So, so you see a lot of these teams. You know that it matters with. Oh, they're going to wear the masks. They're not going to have situations and it might be smart for some of these teams in some of these positions like like um, you know the quarterback position that you only have two and maybe a practice squad guy is that you sequester a guy you don't even let him near anybody and he passes the protocols and he's like a life insurance policy so you you don't run into this because really the denver broncos had no shot no shot in their game the other day and and that's unfortunate and so um, I think if if the Broncos, the quarterbacks have been more vigilant, I think the NFL would have moved that game. They may have moved it to a couple of days. Who knows what they would have would have done with it? But I I think they would have been much more accommodating had these players been more respectful of what what's been asked of them. Okay, we're gonna take another break. We come back. I'm gonna tell you who I think is gonna be in the Super Bowl, and uh, who 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 are the folks that got a shot, and you can figure out who the ones that don't. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Helmets Off. Scott Mitchell here. Final segment of the show. Um, it's coming down to the end of the season here, and I think as an NFL fan, you have to feel really happy that so many teams have a shot, and there and there are teams that just don't. Right? They just they're just out of it. And quite frankly, I think every team that's in the NFC East should be out of it, even the winner, because I don't believe the winner of the NFC East is going to have a winning record. And I think it's, there should be some kind of bylaw or some kind of special clause or, or something should, should go into uh, say, hey, um, uh, you have to have a winning record or at least not a losing record, so you could be eight and eight and still be a division champion. I mean, you cannot be a division champion with a losing record. You're not a very good football team if that's the case. And right now, um, the New York Giants are at four and seven. They have five games left. If they win all five, they go nine and seven. If they win four or five, they're flat, but they win three of five, and, and you look at their schedule and there's a likelihood that they'll probably win three games. I mean, they're gonna go uh, seven and nine. That's my prediction, and I think actually the NFC East is going to have a team that has a losing record, and quite frankly, I don't think it matters because they're going to be out of it. They're not going to the Super Bowl, they're not going past the first round of the playoffs, and they'll be done. So right now, as it sits, and I think I think this is pretty much how it's going to play out. You've got Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and Tennessee are the leaders in the AFC, and. You know it's so funny, but here's Pittsburgh. They're ten and zero. They're having a phenomenal season, and everyone goes, "Yeah, but Kansas City's really the team." And I agree. I think Kansas City is is the team, and uh, you know until until proven otherwise. And 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 I'll tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Kansas City and Buffalo in the AFC Championship game. I think Buffalo is a team, really good defense, and they're. They're balanced on offense, and they have a quarterback that people believe in, and he's not—he's you know rough around the edges, but he's making stuff happen. He's a little bit like Ben Roethlisberger was early on in his career—not polished, scramble around, but but won games, and that's all this is about—is winning football games. So I see Kansas City and Buffalo in the AFC Championship game, and of course, I see Kansas City going to the Super Bowl. Uh, too talented, and Patrick Mahomes is—you can see—he's driven to win, and I think that carries on with that team. That now that they—they've won a Super Bowl, they know how to do it. They kind of—they um, understand how to gauge their their actions during during the season. Barring injury, Kansas City, uh, I believe, will be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. And then my NFC prediction, which when I when I finally figured this out. It actually is a massive throwback. I mean, this is a massive throwback to the very beginning of really the modern era of professional football, the Super Bowl era. Uh, So I'll get to that in just a second. I'm not ready to totally give it up yet. But you've got Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, okay, and then the Giants. But the NFC East just doesn't count. And so so now um, I think Seattle has holes. I think their defense has holes, and I think that's going to be a challenge. And teams have figured out how to slow Russell Wilson down. They're a team flawed. You have the New Orleans Saints. And I think of New Orleans, and uh, New Orleans is, you know, they're doing well, right? And, uh, and it reminds me a little bit, and, and it's not quite the same because because I think Drew Brees clearly is a better quarterback than – Alex Smith, Alex Smith, because I'm thinking about the 49ers when Alex Smith was really good quarterback, took him to the NFC Championship game the year before. Next year, gets injured, and in comes this unknown kid, Colin Kaepernick. And Colin Kaepernick, people didn't know anything about it, and and he came in at a time where, ironically, the Green Bay Packers played him, and and he just torched him and he did because. They didn't, you know, they weren't prepared for him to run as much and as effective as he did. He was, he basically ran the forty ers into the Super Bowl. So here you have Taysom Hill taking over for Drew Brees, and it feels a little bit like that. People haven't figured out Taysom Hill yet. He hasn't thrown a, a touchdown pass in a game, college or pro, since two thousand and sixteen. So um, he's 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 a work in progress. He's a guy that, you know, can he do both? And I don't know that he can yet. I don't know that he can throw the ball effective when he is asked to. And he certainly can run. I mean, it's it's phenomenal what he's doing, running the football. And he's throwing the ball decent enough, but he's, you know, still hasn't thrown a touchdown pass. And that's kind of a big deal in Sean Payton's offense. Anyways, um, they're flawed. And I look at Green Bay, and they just seem to kind of, Tighten things up even just a little bit more. they got a good balanced attack offensively. Aaron Rodgers is playing very well. The defense is playing pretty good. They might be the most complete team in the NFC right now. So I have Green Bay actually beating New Orleans in the NFC championship game uh, and going to the Super Bowl. Now, the NFC, I think, is, is kind of anyone's game. And so none of these teams, I want to say, has just clearly set itself above another. And so you can't rule out the L.A. Rams, who have probably the best defense in the NFL. And you can't rule out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have a really good defense. And they just haven't quite figured out their offense in a consistent form with Tom Brady. And clearly, there's some kind of friction there. I don't know what it is, but um, they're, they're just not quite on the same page with everything there and you wonder that if they get to the playoffs if that that actually happens then the AFC you've got kind of some contenders you've got Miami Cleveland and Indianapolis and really none of those teams is going they're just not going to do anything they're not a, they're not going to be Pittsburgh they're not going to be Kansas City they're they're not going to be Buffalo or Tennessee they're just they're not as good as those teams so i'm going with the original super bowl super bowl 1 Kansas City Chiefs versus the Green Bay Packers. And, of course, this time around, the Kansas City Chiefs repeat for their second Super Bowl in two years. All right, Helmets Off is now off. You can find us on all those social media sites. We're powered by kslsports.com. Until then, we will see you soon.